0: hey what's going on everybody welcome back to another episode of the break in the game show i'm one of the co-hosts here Stephen gillespie and joining me as he always does is my buddy austin carr austin how you doing brother Hey, what's up, Steven? I'm doing good. I'm happy to have you back. You know, congratulations. And don't ever leave me again, though. OK, please. <laughs> well, I'm glad to be back, man. You know, uh, just for everybody out there, my, my family, I'll speak on behalf of my family. You know, we, we appreciate all the thoughts and prayers and everything that went into, you know, my my beautiful girl being born into the world on the 30th. It was a great day. Just thank you all so much for all the positive vibes y'all sent our way. It meant the world to us. But Austin, we have a very special guest on the show today, don't we? we do. Yes, we do. It's going to be an exciting show. Absolutely. Well, let's bring him on then. We have joining us today, Mr. Zach Ramey of the Off the Glass Podcast. He's the host and content creator for the show. He's a Chicago native. He's a former collegiate player at Benedict University. Did I get that right, Zach?
1: Yes, you did. Benedictine. Yes, yes, yes. There wow. you
0: go. And wow. also, you played professionally in Canada, Poland and Finland. And Zach, you have a mantra that you have on your show that I feel like I've subscribed to for a while. Uh-huh. But I couldn't put it as eloquently as you did. Can you please share that with the, the viewers? Of course, and listeners?
1: of course. Fan of no team, but a lover of basketball. And that's what I like to bring with my content is that just pure content, no hot takes. And that's what I like to bring every time I do an episode. All right, yeah,
0: and we we've subscribed to that a lot, Austin. You can be a little bit more of a homer than me. You actually like some
2: <laughs> basketball teams, but I yeah, mean, yeah, I definitely a little bit more of a homer, but I I I just enjoy the game in general as well. But I won't lie, that I definitely have my my rooting interests.
0: Mm-hmm. That's all right, man. That's all right. Well, Zach, um, Austin, and I are we're we're pretty new to interacting with you a little bit. I I've yeah, listened to yeah. a few of your shows and whatnot, mm-hmm. and we've we've talked offline on Twitter about you know different things that we've you know, analyze as the season has progressed. Will you just share a little bit with the listener, maybe some things that I didn't touch on when bringing you on a little bit
1: about yourself and just kind of how you like to look at the world of basketball? Uh, I mean, you you pretty much hit the high points. Uh, I mean, I'm very proud of my uh, playing career. Um, I think I have a unique story. I'm not saying I'm the only story like this, but, you know, kind of started out as a proud uh, child prodigy in the Chicagoland area, grew up playing something called small fry basketball, which was huge at the time. Uh, Did that, was really good, and then got to high school and didn't play high school ball at all. Played my freshman, sophomore year, no varsity. Really wasn't sure if I was going to continue to play, but uh, one of my friends was going to a junior college in Norfolk, Nebraska, called Northeast Community College. Actually, they compete at the D1 level. So I ended up going there, renewing my love for basketball. I actually grew like five and a half, six inches my freshman year. So I went from like five, seven to the height I am now. Um, that helps. Yeah, yeah it definitely helps. Definitely helped. And uh, renewed my love and uh, wasn't the best student. I always you know, like to be transparent. So the D2 offers I had, I had a couple D1s, but a lot of NAIA D2 type things. So I just decided to take a year off, get my grades up, and I ended up going to Benedictine. It's a Division three school. Uh, two years there, we we were really good. Went to the national tournament. Um, kind of a a, a solid program. I'm not gonna say a D3 power, but definitely a competitive program. Uh, three years, well, might be five years ago. Now they actually went undefeated and then lost in the championship game, uh, to one of those Minnesota teams. But then from there it was the minor league route. Uh, a lot of these leagues don't exist no more. But the ABA was my first professional job, first time earning money playing basketball. Then from there was the PBL. Uh, which was the premier basketball league that has since splintered off into a lot of different things. Mainly the ca- Canadian teams took their teams and formed their own league. So played for the Rockford Fury in the PBL, uh, played in Halifax, Nova Scotia, for, uh for the Halifax Raymond in the PBL. Then from there, it was like a cup of coffee in the top league in Poland and then two years in the second league in um Finland. And then just decided to kind of just walk away from, you know, I was Kind of disappointing a little bit, not going to lie. But, you know, life moves on. I was turning 30 um, at the time. My dad had been diagnosed with prostate cancer, so we wasn't sure what the prognosis was going to be. I mean, he's doing well now, but just a lot going That's on. So, you know, I decided to walk away, man. But at the end of the day, like I said, I played at a high level. Uh, I knew I was good enough. That's why with my take, sometimes I try to be, you know, Speak to the player a little bit more. Speak to the business side because there's a lot of things that go on, I think, at the professional level that the average fan doesn't (laughs) realize. And it's not always about who's the best player, if that makes sense. I mean, there's Mm -hmm. a lot of great guys. And, you know, like I said, proud of my career from Chicago, highly competitive. During my era, I was one of the you know best guards in my area, one of my city, competing in in the Pro-Am, you know, playing up against guys like, I mean, one year I played against Gilbert Arenas when he was still – like the arena. <laughs> that's cool. Line, you know, uh and, you know, the city that produced during that time when I was playing like D Brown from that Illinois team, Luperhead, uh Jamal Crawford would come through and play. I, mean, I got stories for days. So very proud of my career, man. So that's just to kind of give a little bit more detail uh, of the type of player that I, I was. Nice, wow, we're nice. proud to have
2: you on the show, right? Yeah, off. definitely.
1: Thank you. Thank
2: you. Yeah, for sure. I, I'm definitely, I, I didn't realize you were from Chicago. Um, you yeah. mentioned D Brown. My mom actually went to the same high school he did. I mean, years, years before him, but
1: yeah, she's she from was, that same area. Yeah, Proviso and nearby yep. Maywood. Some yep. basketball power. Doc Rivers, yep. Mike Finley. Yeah, yeah, real good school. Yep. yep. Yeah, Familiar there, names, so. to say the
0: least, right? I mean, right. if you know anything yeah. about basketball, that's where a lot of them folks come from.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't even name like the like Shannon Brown, Sterling Brown, uh Stephen Hunter that went to DePaul, mm-hmm. played in the league. So yeah, I mean, it's a one of those traditional basketball powers in the Chicagoland area. So a lot of Very great cool basketball cool. from this area. Yeah, definitely proud of that.
0: Excellent stuff. Well, since I mean, you you're the expert on the show then, man, we'll uh we'll turn it over to you. But we're we're going to talk about the erratic nature of this season so far. Yes, and
2: yes.
0: it's a uh, I mean, we'll just be real here on the show. You like to be transparent, I do as well. You know, it, people aren't really happy with the way that the game is being played right now. But you know, Zach, we're not here to necessarily you know talk about if you're right or wrong for feeling that way. We just right, want to right. to have you on and you know talk about how we got to be where we are. So I mean, through your lens, man, through through the way that you look at basketball,
1: how do we get to where we are today? I think what we're underestimating that we are all still human beings because I've been listening to a lot of different people. Just curious. I don't always want to just give my takes because, to be honest with you, I've been trying to figure out why there's been so many blowouts. You know, I mean, I'm talking about bad blowouts, 40 point blowouts. I I know it's on the rise. I haven't looked it up, but I'm almost positive it has to be more than last year or even in years past. And I think it has to be the virus. I, I just I don't you know, we're all in some form or fashion creatures of habit. So it's like, yeah, we're going to show up and play in these big empty arenas and we're going to try to play off the emotion. I thought the games might be a little bit better because technically they shouldn't be going out. You know, everything is very limited. So the focus should be there. But I, I don't know, man. I think as a fan, I'm, I'm just trying to tell people just kind of hang in there and just be patient because I think they're still trying to adjust and figure out how we're going to navigate. This It's one thing to be in a bubble. Right. And playing the same arena. But now it's like we're traveling again. This state has different rules. I mean, I I heard Doc Rivers come out and say he was nervous being in Florida uh, because everybody was walking around kind of with no mask. You know, it's all kinds of different things going on. So that's the only thing I think of that makes sense is that these are human beings as well. And until we get where we're going to be as far as the virus and vaccines and trying to get some, you know, um, cohesion as a country, I think that the sports is going to suffer in some part until we really get to that reset, I believe, going into next season.
0: Yeah. And and those are all fair takes. And just real quick, my dad uh, decided to chime in and said that Gennaro Pargo is from that Chicago area. I know Patrick Beverly is as well. We're Arkansas fans being from Arkansas. So, you know, you guys have definitely helped our program. They actually tore down
1: uh, Gennaro's old high school. It doesn't (laughs) exist anymore. Roberson High School in the heart of Englewood on the south side. Pat Bev went to Marshall on the west side, which has one of the best women's programs as well. Mm. Uh, Kathy Pondexter comes out of, out of Marshall high school. So yeah, great basketball in Chicago, man. Yeah. No question.
0: No doubt. No doubt. Well, Austin, I know that you're extremely plugged in and you and I kind of share the same wavelength where we like to know the, the whys as to, you know, why things are happening in the league. So Austin, I know that you've been digging up and researching, man, what have you kind of come up with this uh, to, to describe why we are where we
2: are? Well, in terms of the, the, the big giant blowouts, I mean, I, I don't know. I can't speak to that as much, but I think in terms of like these teams that everybody was expecting to struggle versus the teams that everybody knows is, are are going to be there at the end of the year or thinks they are, you know, the Lakers, the Mavericks, the the uh, Milwaukee Bucks, the Miami Heat, you know, those guys. A lot of those teams were just playing last September, you know, teams like Atlanta and like Cleveland and Sacramento. You know, it's been the season started what two weeks ago the season Mm -hmm. last year was suspended uh 299 days ago today so they just started playing in the nba again two weeks ago so 280 some days they had off in between games versus they're playing against teams that had 75 days off in between games
0: that's just regular season that's not taking into account the preseason where a lot of these same players were playing too so you're talking about even you know you
2: even closer than that for some of these guys as well. Exactly. So I think a lot of it is just we we we're seeing guys that are just one. There was no preseason, so the the new guys that are coming into the roster, there's no continuity. They've never hardly played against each other. Mm-hmm. There was all, there was no summer league for any of the rookies to kind of get acclimated. And this rookie class, it hasn't. It was not heralded from the get go, but they've struggled big time. I think this year more more than in years past. You know, there hasn't really been a whole lot of, of real standouts. And one of the only ones is James Wiseman. And, you know, he's hardly – we haven't hardly seen him play a game in two years. He's played three three or four games before he started in the pros in, in like, almost two seasons. So mm-hmm. I think a lot of it is just these guys don't know how to play with each other yet. And some of these other teams that everybody expected to be down had a lot more time to get prepared. They, they aren't going to be as tired, whether whether or not they're tired or it's just, you know, burnt out probably – Or like Zach said, they're creatures of habit. You know, these guys are used to having that time off and then ramping things back up a certain way. And that's all been sped up. So it's, I think it's a variety of factors. I think there's definitely lots of different reasons why this has been going on.
0: Yeah. Yeah, And Zach, real quick. Um, I just want to cover some dates and I'll throw it right back at you and kind of get where you're where you think about this. So the 2018-19 season, which was the season that preceded the one that we just finished, right? It ended on June the 13th of 2019. The next season picked up on October the 4th, and that was the preseason. So you're talking about. Uh, A total of 113 days. And that kind of typically mirrors what an average period between the end of one season and the beginning of the next happens is roughly 113 days. Well, after the season was paused and it resumed at the end of July, it didn't end until October the 11th. Now, the preseason started on December 11th. Right. So you're talking about a total of only 61 days, roughly half the amount of time that players have to recover, have to, you know, heal from injury and, you know, get their legs back underneath them. And then, two, the player movement, movement, building chemistry and cohesion and understanding a playbook and how to play alongside one another. Zach, when you hear those dates and those time frames, do you – I mean, obviously that has to speak to a little bit of the erratic nature at the beginning of this year.
1: Oh, no question about it. I think we're all kind of just hitting on everything, right, because it's not usually just one thing with anything in life. So we're all kind of hitting – hitting on all the points so I agree 100% I also want to add too I think because the rookies didn't have any summer league no inner camps and again everybody lived in different states and we just assume these were NBA guys so they must have been sneaking to a gym but I just some of the things I know and talking to different people certain people didn't get to work out all the time like we think so I think that's a factor then I also think coaches are leaning on their what their veterans more guys that have been there and then let's kind of just work the rookies in Uh, slowly but surely but then certain rookies had to play because of injuries so like Peyton Pritchard is getting great minutes because Kimball Walker's out so you know you have different types of scenarios but I think we're all just hitting it right on the head as far as the different things that has gotten us to this that's why my original point if you're a true fan of the game if you really love the game I don't care if it's even in an NFL or college or I think we all just kind of just need to be thankful in a way that we were able to play some sports Let's kind of figure this out. Be patient with the players and everybody involved. And then let's wait for this reset. You know, but I think we're all speaking to to the factors that's causing this right now. You know, I
2: I didn't even, I didn't even really think about uh, what you just said about, you know, guys different and living in different States and, you know, the ability to get to a gym or not like Steven and I are on, you know, off the ball network and our president, Chris LeBron, he's from New York city. And Mm -hmm. we talked to him about it. He said, you can't find a hoop anywhere there. Like they, they, took down the rims and locked up the, all the basketball Anything courts. In Chicago. And, then, and then I live in I live in Indiana and every single driveway has a basketball hoop. So it's just, you know, you can go anywhere and play basketball here still. Like they they closed down gyms for a, a, a month or so. And that was about it. So it is it's different all over the world. So I just thought that was interesting. I never even thought of that.
1: Yeah. And again here in Chicago, like I, I know of guys that they might have had access to one gym. And then yeah. somebody found out And then they close that gym. You know, it's just, Uh, again, it's been kind of one of those fluid situations. So I think we're all, like I said, hitting the nail on the head of what's really going on right now. Well, I can
0: see just behind you for the people who can't, you know, see right now, you have a hoop directly behind you. So I know you're probably keeping your stuff straight with that, with that gold Ram I see back there. You know what?
1: I'm afraid it's going to fall off the wall. So, like I haven't (laughs) since I hung it, even though it came with little Nerf hoops and stuff, balls, but I'm kind of. There you go. It's gonna fall off the wall. We're we're in, we're renovating the studio, so I'm kind of piecing things as it as it comes in right now. Well,
0: it looks good, right now, man. I like oh, all that. That's a historic image, you know. For you know anybody yeah, who loves sports, is a historic yes, image. Yes, yes, yes. But I want to just touch on something real quick. We're talking about you know the level of competition in the in the NBA right now, and mm-hmm. you know, Zach, I took the I took the liberty of myself to to go through and calculate this, and I just want to share something with you and kind of get your initial thoughts. So I went through and looked at the average margin of victory from this season and last. Like I sat down with my pen and paper and I wrote down scores and broke out my calculator and you know tried the best that I could you know to do Arkansas style math for this. Right. So here's what I here's what I figured out that the the previous season, right, not last year but the year prior to, right. during the first week of that season, the average margin of victory was ten point four points. Right. And now people are complaining about how you know uncompetitive the games are now they they are speaking a little bit to what's actually happening because at the beginning of the of this season right the beginning of that uh um, excuse me the first week of this season the average margin of victory is 14.19 points so you're talking about almost a four point you know per game average margin of victory so with you know the way that the good teams have finished playing at a later date obviously compared to you know the almost you know, nine months that the bad team the delete eight that didn't make the tournament. Right. You know, that didn't make that didn't make the Orlando bubble. It's crazy just to imagine how four points difference per game has actually amounted to, you know, like a 51 point blowout that the Dallas Mavericks put on the Los Angeles Clippers. Right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That was, I think, I think though the ones have been so glaring I thought the number would be bigger than that, to be honest with you. Like I've watched a lot of these games, but just using perspective, I've watched some great games too. So just a matter if you have lead pass or not, I just think some of the games that have been on prime time slots or different things have been just so incredibly lopsided, especially like that Miami Milwaukee game. Oh man. When it was rough, just came out like a house on fire and just made everything they threw up. So, I mean, Again, we could say all this other stuff, but then we also got to look at it. Well, Milwaukee got hot like they're never shoot like that. Again, that was just one of those performances. So, again, um, the numbers and everything, I think is going to kind of bounce itself out. But like I said, again, if you're consuming the game like how I do, there's been some great games like right now. Yeah. You know, I was watching Washington and Brooklyn. That was a really competitive game that's going on Mm -hmm. right now.
2: Yeah, there's definitely been, uh, you know, lots of good basketball on for sure. Um, I think one of the ones that I just watched the other night was it might have been last night. It was Cleveland and Atlanta. Uh, that was yeah. a really good game. I mean, you know, Cleveland came back and won by three points. You know, just earlier today, Boston just beat Detroit one twenty two to one twenty. And, you know, that's not normally a game where you'd think, you know, this game came down to the last minute, but it really did. It came down to the very very last 20 seconds of that game. And so it
1: was competitive think, all the way yeah, through, too, didn't right, Like, yeah. I thought it was a really good game. It shows the having Blake Griffin back on the court. You know, we know he's kind of not what he used to be, but just having him back out, how Detroit looked a little bit more in sync and stuff so yeah that was a really good game i enjoyed watching that game
2: you know i was i was actually thinking to myself just about an hour before we came on right at the end of that game i was like man if you could have told detroit fans a decade ago that they'd have derrick rose and blake griffin on their team (laughs) how happy would they be (laughs) right yeah that's where they are
1: yeah that's a fact that's a fact yep
0: well they also have about eight other centers on that team too and we saw that kind of flush out during the off season but zach i want to talk to you too you know we it, we just keep saying it. It's been an erratic start to the season. I don't know if you've had a chance to look at see what the standings are right now in the Eastern and Western conferences,
1: but I it sh- it up just in case, because I figured you might ask me that. Yeah. Okay, well,
0: we'll roll through it. And as of, you know, last night is when I updated it. I know a couple games have been played since, but I'm just going to speak to where they were last night. In the Eastern Conference, the 76ers were number one, the Pacers were number two, the Orlando Magic were number three. The Cleveland Cavaliers were number four, the Atlanta Hawks fifth, the Brooklyn Nets sixth, the New York Knicks are seventh, and then the Boston Celtics were the eighth seed. And just looking all the way down at the end of the list there, the the Washington Wizards are 15th, and they just added Russell Westbrook and a lot of folks, you know, even one here on the show, that the Washington Wizards will get off to a really hot start, right? So it's just in the Eastern Conference, it's just so crazy to imagine how many of these teams... That, were e- that are either standings or even just a game back were a part of that Delete 8 that we just talked about earlier, right, that didn't play in Orlando. Like, 22 teams got the phone call and said, hey, come down to Orlando and play. A bunch of the guys that are in the standings right now didn't even make that trip, Zach.
1: Yeah, and you also have to look at it. So, I mean, if we're honest, we're surprised at what what Cleveland and the Knicks by far, right? Mm. But if we're fair, Orlando kind of kept their same team. So mm-hmm. chemistry, as far as their main players, Philly kept their, you know, Tobias Harris, Ben Simmons, Dolan B. Indiana, you add Sabonis, who missed because of the planner fascia injury. So some of the teams, if we look at it, they kind of kept their chemistry. We might be as surprised at how high they are, but I think we'll all agree that those were and still should be playoff teams. Washington, I was surprised that they lost, but I'm not surprised that there's. I mean, I was one of the people that were just like when I heard the trial, I was like, eh. I, I guess, you know, and yeah. it wasn't a, a knock on Westbrook or or wall, you know, I just felt like Washington was in a rebuilding mode. And I looked at the roster and to me, it was obvious. I'm like, this roster does not suit Russell Westbrook's strength, especially this stage in his career as a declining uh, athletic guard that relies on his athleticism. So Washington, I'm not too surprised. I mean, I was surprised at some of the games and how they lost them, but I'm not too surprised that I didn't think they were going to come out on fire, to be honest with you.
0: Yeah, Austin, what, what do you make of this Eastern Conference? And you're the you're the one here on the show that I was alluding to that, you know. Uh, really? I, for the I had no, I had no idea. <laughs> yeah,
2: no, I, I moved them into the bottom of my, uh you know, my Eastern Conference playoff picture when they made that trade. I was pretty excited about it. I just thought I just thought it'd be fun to see Westbrook and uh, Beal together and 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 I do still think it's fun to watch and and i'm not I'm not certain that they're gonna be out of the playoffs now. I mean, they obviously are really struggling, but you know, I didn't think they'd be at the top of the east, but just the the overall conference you know standings are pretty pretty wild. Um, I had the Pacers pretty high. I didn't have them second, but I, I was pretty confident in them. You know, they've got a deep team and they've got a lot of good mm-hmm. guys that can that can score the ball. They play defense well. I was looking forward to seeing what this new coach, what they look like with their new coach, and I like what I see so far. The Cavaliers are definitely the biggest surprise for me, like bar none. I I didn't expect really anything at all from them. I have always been kind of higher on, uh, um, uh, I can't call on Sexton. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Sexton. Yeah, I, I've yeah. I've like I've liked him a lot, but for a long time. But I never really, you know, I, I was worried that he was going to be a bust. But I also think sometimes nowadays it seems like people, you know, give up on these young players so soon. You know, he's, he's in, what, his third year now, and he's mm-hmm. finally starting to figure it out. That's pretty normal. Um, and you know, he's the playing Nets, for the Cavaliers, I mean. Yeah. The Nets. <laughs> the Nets. I, I, we knew the Nets would probably make the playoffs this year. But, you know, down at sixth right now is a little surprising, especially considering how good uh, KD looks. You know, I kind of didn't think that, you know, they'd struggle much if he was, you know, the KD that we're used to. And I do have to share this. There was a guy in one of the um, groups I'm on in on Facebook that posted his Eastern Conference uh, predictions before the season, and he had the Knicks in seventh and the Celtics in eighth. And people absolutely dragged him, like (laughs) just made so much fun of him. And finally, all he did, the final comment, he's like, "I'll see y'all in March," and that's all he said. And so far, he doesn't he he doesn't sound so crazy. We'll see if it stands up. But uh, I just thought that was kind of interesting and wanted to share that. So it's it's been crazy. I, I don't I I like the 76ers. I've been saying for two years, if they if they, they have the talent, if they put it together, you know, they're gonna be a tough team to beat. So that's not as much of a surprise. but it is still early. So
1: absolutely so you're, you're high on the six. I'm one of those I'm one of those guys that think they need to, to part on it. Yeah. I, I talked about it in my last podcast. I just don't think it will work. And I was watching them play, and my theory is because of the rules. Because yeah. you have defensive three seconds, I just don't know how your best player, your ball-dominant player in Ben Simmons, who is reluctant to shoot for whatever reason, I'm not one of those guys that feel like forcing him to shoot, and then you have a dominant post. I just don't know how that works when you need the court spread because of the way we can zone <laughs> up and double. I mean, it works in Denver because why? Jamal Murray can shoot, and then mm-hmm. Yoke can step out too. But early on, just from my observation – They've been making shots. They've been playing well. They've been defending. But all they've done is just switch Ben and Joel. So now Joel's kind of floating around on the perimeter more sure. and Ben's on the block. And it's like I'm one of those people that when I see really good teams, I don't get too wrapped up in the regular season. That makes sense. I'm trying to see, all right, how does this look when they get to the playoffs? You know, they want to make an Eastern Conference Finals run. They want to make a Finals run. And the way it's constructed, I can kind of see the same thing happening again. And then also, too, I wanted to clarify, it's not that I didn't think the Wizards would not make the playoffs, but people in my group, you know, I follow <laughs> different people. People were like fourth and fifth seeds. And I was yeah. like, no, I said at their best seventh because I was I trying said to ninth coming like, into
0: the year. I said ninth. said ninth. OK, so I think I, I, think I think put, put
1: have missed the same bowl with that. I was like, do you realize all those other teams made the playoffs last year? Like Brooklyn made the playoffs without Katie and Kyrie. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. it's Technically, what one spot up for grabs, and that's everybody was assuming it's Orlando. So, and the yeah. rest
0: of that team is so inexperienced, too. You know, yeah. it's, it's, it, it's really hard for the, the expectation to fall on Russell Westbrook. For one, it's not even his team now. You know, Bradley Bill still the man in the building. So, Russ has
1: to come and five, in. And- do me a favor go look at that roster, just like don't watch them play, just go read the names on the roster. And yes. tell me how many guys do you really recognize, and then I will put in the context why yeah. I felt like I felt on trade day. I mean, it is what it is. Uh look up Mo. What's up, Mo? Mo, Chris, Chris appreciate up, y'all Chris? coming in. Saying, yes. hey. I was listening to their show earlier, but then they started to give takes that mm-hmm. I knew we might talk about, so I turned it off real quick because I don't, I don't <laughs> want to be feel like I'm taking somebody else's takes. But I did tap in a little bit to their show earlier.
0: No, I did too. I thought that they stole my show notes, but it's all good. I mean, that just means we're, we're all smart on the network. The network. They that's do. All, they that's do. all
1: it means. Yep. That's all it means. We but all that, cheat obviously.
0: Absolutely. All right, well, guys, let's uh, float over to the Western Conference now. As of last night, the the Valley Boys, the Phoenix Suns, were number, are number one in the Western Conference. The New Orleans Pelicans, number two. The Los Angeles Clippers, three. The Lakers are four. The Utah Jazz were fifth. The Portland Trailblazers, six the Houston Rockets 7th and then the Sacramento Kings 8th and how about this guys the Denver Nuggets are dead last in the Western Conference Zach how do you again like can you just can you do your best to explain why it is the way that it is right now
1: see i think in the Western Conference what we've seen a product of besides all the other things is like for the Mavs Porzingis is out right mm-hmm. so he's their clear second option and that team was built around Luka and him So you have a bunch of other guys and I I always try to tell people, no matter if it's a a second option guy or first option guy or even like that fifth guy, if they're out, that means more people have to play more minutes than they're normally not playing. And I think that's what's going on in Dallas. They're, They're got guys that have to fill those shoes that that's not necessarily their role. Denver, I was nervous because they basically said we're ready to go with our future offensive star Michael Porter Jr., and we're going to swap out offense, I mean, defense and experience. So we let Palmley walk. We let Jeremy Grant walk, even though he wanted a bigger role. And then we let Corey and Craig walk, who hasn't played for Milwaukee yet. And when I watched Michael Porter Jr. play last year, the cool thing about the bubble was they had, like, that floor camera. So for somebody like me, I was able to see the game through some of these guys' eyes, which was pretty cool. And it clicked. I watched him on, like, two defensive possessions, and I was just like, wow. Like, he, he he just doesn't know. Like, this is this is a little bit deeper than just effort. I'm like, wow, he just – I don't think he's ever been asked to make these kind of reads. And you can just tell he's just lost. So now what you see from Denver and then Jamal Murray, back to being inconsistent Jamal Murray. I mean, he had a good game last night. And, yeah. you know, that uh, Phoenix, <laughs> thanks to Chris Paul, I'm just glad he's just – he's just giving – showing everybody – why you can't just look at great players through this championship or bust lens, but he needs his flowers, man. He, he I mean, it's that game last night, real quick. If I'm if I must, like Please. I was starting it on Twitter, and they had two possessions when they went back to back to Devin Booker kind of isolations. One was a turnover, he, offensive foul, the other was like a step back three. Then Chris Paul's like, okay, all right, we're gonna come down, we're gonna run a set, get everybody. I think the ball went off Aiden's foot. They take it out. They end up getting a basket, and then they kind of got back in control. Then he came down again. We're going to run another set. I'm going to get in this mid-range and get a wide open shot for him and knock it down. It just shows how he has them playing. And then their defense. I looked it up today. I think they're like either eighth or sixth in defensive rating. And Mm -hmm. those of us who really watched, not just the bubble, but watched Phoenix play because I was a huge Devin Booker guy, Aiden was coming along throughout the season. Like mm-hmm. once he came back from the suspension and started getting comfortable, he was playing much better. So I think the Western conference is a little bit different as far as certain personnel moves and guys being out is why we've seen some of the influx, some of the inconsistencies that we've seen out West.
0: Yeah. Austin, go ahead, man. What do you yeah, think? Definitely, after you know, um,
2: I think the, uh, you know, his point about the injuries is definitely big. Um, Denver, <laughs> You know he he hit it on the head again. They they can't guard anybody. I mean they've already got Jokic, who's a little bit. He's smart. And he knows the game well enough. His you can tell his IQ when he's trying. When he's really thinking, he can put himself in good position to to kind of be a better defender. But if he gets out of position at all, he gets beat every single time. Yeah, yeah. and Murray's not a lockdown defender. Gary Harris Jr. is a decent defender, but he's he's always kind of underwhelmed for me. Michael Porter Jr., like he said, he, he doesn't seem like he really knows where he's at or where he's supposed to be. And I, I heard this the other day on the radio, and I've always kind of felt this way. Everybody acts like this. Like when you go to college is when you get all this great coaching and get and get taught the game. And like NBA coaches just have to manage egos. Like I I don't know, obviously, from a first you know, first person perspective, but I would think that's probably not true. I think someone here on the show does though. So exactly. So I (laughs) kind of want to get his thoughts on that, but I do think that these guys coming in with the one year in college or sometimes like he played, what, 10 games before he got hurt. And and depending on where they go to school, help, it makes a difference too. But I think a lot of these guys come into the NBA with, with really not nearly as much of a clue on defense, at least than we really think they do. So I, I think that's definitely part of it.
0: Zach, what are your thoughts on, on that, you know, just no, the one Austin, year in college?
1: Now, Austin is right. I mean, again, the easiest thing I always try to tell people, don't get caught up whether you experienced like, basketball at that level or not. Just think about any job or anything you've done in life. How were you the first day or the first year of just learning a new skill? You know, mm-hmm. it's the same thing in basketball. So if you show up and maybe you were – remember, he was the number one player in high school, like, by far. Like, it wasn't mm-hmm. even close. And if you go back and watch – I could already tell. And then I talked to a couple other people that's from the area. He never was asked to do that. Like he was never asked to play defense, ever. And then you go to Missouri, you get hurt. That wasn't really the focus for him anyway. So some of these guys, when you get to the NBA, it's a lot of rotations. It's a lot of principles. It's a lot of knowing tendencies. It's a lot of, you know, we look at the synergy stats and that's the analytics part that people don't talk about that always existed. It's the scouting report, knowing strengths and Certain colleges do better jobs than others, but it also is predicated on how long you've been there. So when I tell people this, just imagine any job or any skill set that you have and think about how you were those first couple of years. It's the same thing.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and, awesome. and you you talked about the, the lack of defense on the Nuggets and Zach, you touched on it, too. You know. They kind of got by with Paul Millsap being that, you know, unsung hero on defense, kind of being that anchor. And you can only ask for, you know, you know, an elder statesman of the NBA to keep being that on a team full of young guys who just they want the rock in their hand and they just want to shoot the ball. He can't carry that team. And we're seeing it now, especially with the deep run that they just sustained in the playoffs last season. Right. So, like, that's asking a lot out of Mr. Paul Millsap, who. You know, they were lucky enough to re-sign him. Imagine how terrible they would look if he ended up wanting to go to another team.
1: Right, Zach? Yeah, and to your point, again, my last theory of how now he has to guard certain guys longer than he had to because what Jeremy Grant might be taking that uh, Plumlee might, Torian Craig with his versatility being able to guard one through four. And again, uh, I always thought Gary Harris would tease you. With his two-way ability but the shooting i looked it up the other day i think he's shooting close to like 15 or 20 percent from three yeah you know it just it's they've drafted really well but again um you could you could put as much offense you want on the court you know it's just like playing open gym at your local wire your local fitness center you still need guys that's going to defend and rebound and do those quote-unquote simple things to kind of fill out what the roster is going to be and right now with denver i don't know If it's gonna, if I think they'll make the playoffs, but I don't know how it's gonna, you know, really come together. I think Phoenix is here to stay because the way they're playing and they got such a cushion. I don't see them ever having a spurt this year, barring injury, where they'll lose more than three or four games in a row. I just don't, I don't, I don't see it happening. Uh, Mikael Bridges playing well, Crowder that's another guy, break it, just just a, a glue guy. Uh, shout out to campaign. You know, had a slice of humble pie, had to go to the G League, kind of get it out the mud again. And he's back looking like that aggressive score that he was coming out of college. And again, Chris Paul is just going to help Devin Booker make the all NBA team. I-, I said that coming into the season. And we're going to really see once and for all, because I put that poll up. You know, everybody just runs with Tatum and Ingram and Mitchell. And it's like, no, nah, I think Booker is the is the cream of the crop out of that group right there. And we're, we're seeing it right now. Yeah, Yeah, I've always I've always been
2: really high on Booker. uh, You
0: know, on a on a later show, I'm on Team Tatum. I love I love Tatum. Austin will give you that, but I will I will speak real quick. Booker is a is an outstanding player. Not to take anything away from him at all. So
2: there you go. Just just, just think about the last you know four or five drafts I mean with Devin Booker Brandon Ingram Jason Tatum Donovan Mitchell Luka Doncic Trey Young DeAndre Ayton's coming into his own I mean there's so many good young players from the last two three four drafts it's just unreal so that's exciting uh one other thing I did want to bring up real quick uh you know, Zach, you had you said something about go check out the roster of uh, the Washington Wizards. I looked at it just now, <laughs> there's at least six guys on here that I don't think I've ever even heard of before.
1: Yeah, like, seriously. and you know, I, I mean myself honestly basketball. Like, honestly, I didn't know who these guys were.
2: I recognize just about all, but there's three or four at the end that I'm I've never seen before. I mean, I I've never yeah. seen never heard their name, never seen their face. And that's that's like you said, that's rare to that I've never even at least heard of a lot of those guys. So I get what you're saying there for sure. Um, with Denver, uh, we talked about this on the last show, Stephen. I know you listened, but you weren't you weren't on, but Denver to me, I think they've won. They've lost a few really close games. They're they're real. They're right in all these. They're right on the cusp of winning all these games. And you know, you hear about it in football how it's a game of inches or a bounce here and there. It kind of seems like how it's been for them. So I'm not super super worried that they're not going to make the playoffs or something like that. They don't. It doesn't scare me as much as like Toronto who's you know taking the most threes in the league and like 28th and three-point shooting right now or 25th or something crazy and they're like dead last in, in in turnovers they're not rebounding the ball like they're just a mess all over it seems like in ways that i didn't expect so you know denver still got some star players they jamal murray's you know probably not going to be what he was in the bubble all the time that's hard to do he's that was a quite a crazy run that he made, but you know, they've, they've got to work on, they've got to work on their defense and, and figuring something out on that end. If they want to be, you know, just a a little bit here and there, I think they could have turned some of those games around.
0: Yeah. I mean, from what I just heard you say is they were a couple of defensive stops away, right? Like that's what they Mm -hmm. were from a couple of those victories. And I I think, you know, around the horn, we all kind of agree to that. Well, Zach, I know that you said that you needed to go at at about this point in the show. Um, before we let you go, I just want to give you an opportunity to kind of promote yourself and the work you do and where the people can find
1: you on social oh, media. No problem. First of all, thanks for uh, having me on the show. Uh, you guys do a great job yeah. over here. Like I said, I'm glad you reached out because I didn't wasn't familiar with everybody on the network. Uh, me and Chris have been following each other for a while and I've been on his show, been on most shows. So Thanks for inviting me on, first of all. You can follow The Off The Glass Podcast, available on all streaming platforms. Like I always say, there's no excuse why you shouldn't be consuming this dope content. Uh, The YouTube channel is The Off The Glass Podcast. The website is www.theofftheglasspodcast.com. It's free to subscribe. Uh, When I first started, I did a lot of writing, so I'm about to get back into writing a little bit more. Uh, The Patreon page is The Off The Glass Podcast. Costs you $5 a month to subscribe or 60 bucks for the year. This year, I'm going to be adding... Uh, more video content so those video breakdowns that you see me throw out on twitter i'm gonna start throwing those on my uh, patreon page so when people support me they can actually get some tangible as well so uh the social media zach at the off the glass uh for twitter zach at the off the glass and for instagram is zach the off the glass podcast so thanks for having me on fellas i really enjoyed my time let's do this again soon
2: yeah, definitely. Thanks for coming on, man. We, you know, we'd love to have you. It was been a lot of fun. It's really cool to kind of get your insight from, you know, a little bit different perspective than what Steven and I bring for sure. So we really appreciate you appreciate having you on.
0: Yeah, man. Much love. Appreciate you coming on, Zach. We'll talk soon. All right. Talk soon.
1: Peace. Yes, sir. Good.
0: Well, Austin, I mean, Miss, you know,
2: Mr. Zach Ramey of the Off the Glass podcast. That was fun. That was cool. Um, I didn't know much of his backstory until you had said that you'd been talking to him about coming on. I was able to kind of do some research into it. So he's, he's definitely a pretty interesting guy. I was glad we were able to have him.
0: Yeah. I mean, just, you know, being able to look at the game the way that we do now—I mean, Austin, We we've played basketball, obviously, but nowhere near the amount of experience or level of competition right. compared to what our our buddy and new friend of the I show, had, Jack Ramey, I had I
2: had a lot common. I had a lot in common on it, uh, with him when he got up to the point about where he didn't play varsity high school basketball, but after that. When he to college. <laughs> you know i made it i made it my freshman team that was about it well there you go i mean and that's more than what
0: a lot of people can say so you can hang your hat on that and be be proud of that because in the grand scheme of things you know the higher up you go the harder it is to make so
2: it's it's crazy though some people's stories are just so much different i have a friend who he did play high school basketball but our senior year i think he averaged four points a game got one uh, offer to play at a d3 school went there for a year you know, moved back home, didn't play for a year. And then he ended up in an NAIA school in his last year, his senior year, he averaged like 19 points a game for them. He went and played overseas and like just, I think two years ago, he averaged 25 points a game in the league he was in. So, you know, it can happen at any time for anybody, really.
0: Yeah. And again, he was, he was great to have on. So Austin, sure. we talked, we talked a lot about the erratic nature of this game and, you know, just, the, the crazy things that have happened so far this season, you know, I shared, a you know, a tweet on, on the Twitter, you know, I'm, I'm 30 years old this year, so I need to start practicing saying stuff like the Twitter, putting the, in right. front of everything, right? Yeah. The Facebook and the Twitter. Yeah, the WalMarts, right, and all that fun stuff, right. So, but I put a, a tweet out there just to kind of speak to how my brain was processing the erratic nature of the season. And I put out the Hornets have beat the Mavs. The Mavs blew out the Clippers. The Clips beat the Lakers. The Lakers beat Miami in the final. Miami has beat the Bu- you know Miami has beat the Bucks. The Bucks have lost to the Knicks. The Knicks have lost to Indy. Indy lost to Boston. Boston lost to Bro- lost to Brooklyn. And Brooklyn lost to Charlotte. And then I shared, you know, a Jim Halpert from the office, if you're familiar. There was a scene in, you know, there was a scene in one episode where he's like, what is going on? Like, that's just how I feel right now. And I still feel that way to this day. And it's, you know, some days later.
2: Well, you know, I didn't see that until you just, you put it on their show notes. I thought it was pretty funny though. I just kind of point, look, was looking at it and thinking, you know, in the Western Conference right now, we've got one, two three teams if the season ended today that would have that would make the playoffs that didn't last year. In the Eastern Conference, it's I think four, three at least, it might be four. So, you know, almost half of the playoff teams right now are teams that didn't make the playoffs or, you know, all but I think I think all of them equal also except maybe the Nets didn't even make the bubble. So, you know, it was just it's crazy to see the difference from from last year to this year up to this point. And then, you know, to the blowouts, like, have just been nuts. There's been more big, huge, you know, margin of victory than I've ever remembered seeing. And, you know, right now I have, like, the the stat leaders pulled up. And, you know, obviously James Harden's first in the league in scoring, and he's always up there. And then Bradley Beal, Kevin Durant. Trey Young is fourth. C.J. McCollum is actually the fifth leading scorer in the NBA this year, 28 per game. Jalen Brown is sixth. Uh you got Colin Sexton at nine. I just think, you know Terry Rozier has got to be up there too, right? Like at, I, I'm I'm sure he is up there. I don't yeah, he's 18th. He's right behind Giannis. He's about 3.3 points per game behind Giannis, who's at 23 and a half, he's at 23.2. Jeremy Grant scoring 23 a game, the same as Jokic. Um, you know, <laughs> Christian Wood. 24 points 10 rebounds and almost two blocks a game you know i I can't believe that the pistons let him leave but my point i'm making is just all these names you're seeing other than maybe that i named kevin durant they're all young young guys you know these guys are all guys that are still going to be in the nba for a long long time to come um you know trey young has been kind of almost single-handedly it feels like leading the hawks so far this year which I mean, you, you could say that man, last year. You
0: know, you're someone man Hunter on that team, sure, and Cam Reddish. Yeah, they, he they is,
2: they're, they're playing. They're playing well, but I, I just mean, you know, he's the way he's scoring this year. Almost all of his shots have been unassisted. He's just kind of he's he's getting his own offense on his own. Is is kind of more what I meant. But they're a team that I thought would would you know excel this year uh, to an extent. I, I figured they'd be in the playoffs, but. I still just can't get over the Cavaliers like, you know, Andre Drummond has been a, you know, having kind of a renaissance man type of year. You know, he's all of a sudden he's relevant. I've seen so many
0: clips of JaVale McGee, you know, Mm -hmm. doing like weird handle movements and doing like off balance layups and things like that. And I'm just like, there's no way this is the same guy that was just on the Los Angeles Lakers last year. Mm hmm.
2: Yeah, and JaVale's gotten gotten a little bit better every year, and JaVale's always tried to do those moves. That's just how he's always ended up on Shaq and a Fool because <laughs> he always f- falls over, throws the ball out of bounds. And now he's now he seems to be a little bit more under control. But um, I can't remember who it was. I was watching an interview. They play for the Cavaliers, and they said, well, our defense is just so much more confident and so much better because Andre J- Drummond and JaVale McGee are just so incredible at, at protecting the rim. That you know they don't even have to, you know they don't have to worry as much as in past years, and they're still really doing a lot of this without Kevin Love. And I kind of figured that if they were going to be competitive at all, that Kevin Love and Drummond would be the guys. And it seems like so far it's been Sexton and Garland. I mean, I think Garland only had eight points last night. Well Sexton, spoken.
0: You, you're supposed to say that Sexland. That's how you refer to those. Two. Ah, Sexland. The, there you go. I like that. The,
2: the new backcourt in Cleveland. Yep, there you go. But well, our buddy know.
0: Austin Carr just checked in and said hey, too. So shout out to our buddy Austin Carr. That's, or not I'm Austin Carl. Carr, Stuart Brooking, sorry.
2: And shout out I'm to Austin Carr. Carr.
0: Wait, i going Did I just Burgundy? get here? <laughs> I'm Ron
2: Burgundy. I'm Ron Burgundy. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I, apparently, I just got here, everybody. No. It's,
0: I mean, sometimes it does feel that way here on the show. But anyway, Austin, yeah. I, do, I do want to point out something that you brought up. I'm working on a piece for, you know, offtheballnetwork.com that you can go and get all your sports needs. And shout out real quick just to Nothing But Net Radio, what you're, which you're listening to right now here on Dash Radio. Thank you for tuning in on your yeah. drive home. But, Austin, on part of the piece that I'm working on, I, I referenced the Delete 8, which were the eight teams that weren't invited to Orlando. And I just want to read some things off of you or to you, based off of where they are in the standings right now. We talked about already that Atlanta is fifth in the East. Charlotte and Chicago are each one game back from the eighth seed behind Boston. Cleveland is fourth in the East. Golden State is a half a game back. As bad as they seem, they're only a half game back from the eighth seed right now. Minnesota is a half game back from the eighth seed. New York is seventh in the East. The only one of those delete eight teams that aren't anywhere in the picture is Detroit. Detroit right which we kind of expected coming into the season. They're the only team right now playing up to or down to where we, you know, our expectations of them.
2: Yeah, you know that and that's a perfect, you know, example of what I was talking about. It seems like half then of or half of the playoff teams are are going to be different, you know, at least as of right now than they were last year. And and I just lost my co-host. So anyway,
0: we're about to the point now where we're going to wrap up here on the you know, breaking the game show, which you can listen to every Monday and Friday at 6 p.m. Eastern time, 3 p.m. Pacific. And, you know, we're just going to be wrapping up here soon. And we just want to give the opportunity now for each one of us. My co-host, Austin, just grace, you know, my buddy Austin Carr just checked into the show literally this time. He did leave and come back. So maybe I saw into the future a little bit, Austin. There you go. But I just want to give you the opportunity now, man, to anything that you have in the works basketball related. Um, you know, where the people could find you and all that fun stuff.
2: Um, you know, you can find me at uh, Austin on Twitter. I'm part of the off the ball network with Steven and Chris and Mo and Stuart and, and pretty much everybody you saw message in tonight. They're they're all a part of the network too. And, you know, you can get all all of us there. Um i I'm doing some research. Uh I haven't been writing a whole lot lately because I've been working on a um kind of a bigger project i'm i'm trying to uh get to a point where i can maybe one day create my own analytic i'm trying to work on taking a math class basically uh, hmm. to put it short to put it easily and um i've been reading a lot on um analytics for drafting so that's something that i'm, I'm getting pretty interested in um apparently these guys at um a couple of these websites i've been looking at are are working on a way to actually so there's almost no way to really tell if these guys are going to be stars or not or like just how good they're going to be based on their college stats so instead of trying to figure out what's one number that i can look at that says okay this guy's going to be a star or not it just kind of gives they're working on more of like a range of um you know possible outcomes for for college stars and and you know incoming incoming nfl or nba rookies and um so i'm getting pretty interested in that i'm just kind of trying to work on a an evaluation system for uh for for the draft and see see how that where that takes me so i'm working on that's what i got working on right now and and i am kind of trying to figure out a way to put that into a paper or you know an article for the site so hopefully we'll see that sometime here soon
0: Absolutely. and Well, as for me, I, I just told you guys earlier, I'm basically working on an article that covers some of the stuff that we talked about here on the show, which we had, you know, Zach Ramey of the off the glass podcast where you can go and you can find that anywhere that podcasts are available. Be sure to go and subscribe to his show, by the way. And, uh, you know, I'm kind of working on all the factors that came that we faced last year, this offseason and kind of what we're seeing now and basically boiling all that down to just one place where you can kind of read up on all that stuff. I actually found out on our buddy Chris Lebron show, he had Jelani Brown and Mo Murphy on the show as well. And they were talking a little bit about something that I was, you know, already working on independently. Seth Partnow of The Athletic also wrote that last year, the first 50 games, the percentage of games that were decided by, you know, at or more than 20 points was at about 7%, give or take a little bit. And this season already, we're already at a twelve, an over twelve percent, you know, margin of victory of twenty plus, right? So, he he broke it down in percentages and kind of showed a a graph that dates back all the way to two thousand three, which he admits is just kind of an arbitrary year that kind of sets in tone the modern NBA. Well, I alluded earlier to that, you know, I calculated average average margin of victory for the first week, and it kind of correlates to exactly what you know. Seth Partnow wrote on The Athletic. So I'm, I'm kind of coming up with my own stats and reasonings for that and compiling that into one article, which you can get at offtheballnetwork.com. Whenever it's up, it should be up by the time you're listening to this show. But, you know, as for myself, you can follow me on Twitter at BTG, which stands for Breaking the Game, the name of the show. For Austin, you can follow him on Twitter at Austin Carr 10 Please follow the show itself on Twitter and Instagram at BTG NBA pod. You can subscribe to the break in the game podcast anywhere podcasts are available. Please listen, share rate and review and awesome. Before we go, why don't you say something nice to the people?
2: Hey, thanks for listening in as always, everybody, you know, anybody that takes time out of their day to listen to us talk about basketball, you know, it blows me away that you would even care what I have to say at all. So thank you for listening. You know, Robbie, your dad, Mo, Chris, do everybody that messaged in, you know, and said hello or or had something to say to add to the show. Thank you, you know, Zach. Thanks for coming on. That was really fun. I'm That's glad cool. we got to do that. So, everybody, you know, just as always, thank you for giving us your time.
0: All right. Well, as for my co-host, Austin Carr for myself for the nothing but net channel here on dash radio for the off the ball network.com where you you can go get all of your sports needs. We got a hand anywhere that you can find basketball. Just reach out and we'll grab you back. But we'll talk to you guys on every Monday and Friday at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific here on the nothing but net channel on dash radio. We'll catch up with you guys next time. Much love, everybody. Have a good one.